This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. I say, have you tried any Catalyst apps? Not that I know of. So I've not installed any new apps. Um, If anything lurking that um, like a system app or whatever has gone that way, then, you know, maybe. Uh, I'm just trying to think what I've used since updating that that would really um, sort of test anything out, really. Um, I mean, there's the new Twitter app. That's kind of where I started. Yeah, so I've I've not installed that yet. Yeah, I saw I saw a bit of a, a brouhaha about that actually. <laughs> I think Gruber tweeted or sort of retweeted with a comment. Someone um, in the settings, there's a like a slider bar, and apparently if you sort of use your mouse to like drag the handle on the bar, it actually treats that as a not to move the bar, but it drags the whole window. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think Gruber tweeted like Catalyst is great quoting this little video of someone Mm -hmm. um doing it um but luckily steve trout and smith came to the rescue and said um because that kind of started a bit of a thing about boo catalyst it's not a real Mm -hmm. mac app you know that kind of thing um so that went on for a little while then steve trout and smith stepped in and said um yeah this one in particular is because they used app kit to make the window draggable by its background not because of catalyst (laughs) um there are plenty of other things in this app that's that are catalyst's fault though (laughs) But, but I think that that to me just I know it just goes to show doesn't it that it's quite easy to get swept up in all of this because there, there is a clear narrative that Catalyst is not good enough mm-hmm. and then something like this happens and everyone's like you know there with their sort of pitchforks and their you know <laughs> fire torches going along um, yeah but uh, it's early days and I think we just need to be a little bit more patient and not rush to judgment so much no I, I want to like catalyst kind of by default i'm I'm very much in in the camp where i don't i'm not too attached to sort of mac apps behaving specifically in the sort of like very very native app kit way like i don't mind change i guess i'm open to the idea of change because what i see inside of all of this is is a sort of set of net benefits that to me as a user i'm going to appreciate more sort of in the long run so I guess, for example, what I see is that I hope the apps that have come across through Catalyst are a bit better in terms of how they, they manage your memory uh, compared to, say, something that's been made with Electron. You know, because we're getting apps that are essentially just embedded copies of, of Chrome through things like Electron yeah. uh, to sort of bring, you know, cross-platform um, di- different apps from from some vendors that are, I would say are probably big enough to have a team that could have done an, an app kit app, but a lot have chosen not to just because it's easier to sort of distribute through through something that you know is wrapped up in in that sort of way. And so you know, traditionally, Slack munches a lot of memory, and it does. You know, I, I'm running uh, my Mac Mini on its stock memory, which is eight gig. I'm going to upgrade it at some point, probably in the next month. Uh, but, you know, like, I shouldn't have to be worrying too much about certain apps that I would suggest should be a, a lot less aggressive in how they're using my memory. So, yeah, I mean, Slack if, didn't ought to use much, did it? 
No, and if if that um, you know if we get the the catalyst version of Slack, and that's then behaving as a much more responsible citizen in terms of how it's using my memory, I will appreciate that, and I will appreciate that a lot more than you know whether it's working as a an app kit styled native app or it sort of feels a bit clunky in places because it's actually a catalyst delivered app. You know, I never had an app kit delivered app beforehand to compare it to in that sort of circumstance. You know, it's come from an electron app to a catalyst app. Those sort of transitions I'm really, really here for. You know, mm. because we, we should get apps that then use the, the native APIs in a much more respectful kind of way, and it's not just a web instance that's kind of been shimmed over the top. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm really quite liking having a Twitter app again, for one thing, so that's great. Catalyst yeah. or not, just the fact that we have it again on the Mac is awesome. I've been really enjoying it this weekend. And, yeah, I, I, I like the fact that it's is coming from the kind of iPad code base because hopefully as the ipad gets upgrades so will this yep in terms of yeah so that's that's, that's got to be good as well right because it always felt like the old twitter client was you know a bit of like the ugly duckling really it, it didn't really get an awful lot of attention and you know the ios versions steamed ahead in terms of their features and what they could do and this mac uh, the mac version was kind of left to languish really and in the end they just you know cut it as a result yeah um which if you remember started a whole thing on its own you know like <laughs> about you know the, the massive problem that apple have got that you know developers can't be bothered to make mac apps well this is your solution essentially isn't it so i think we've kind of got to be a bit grateful that there is a solution at all i mean it's not it's not going to be perfect because this no. is kind of like version 1.0 um but for the most part i've been really enjoying having this twitter app back again so i'm kind of thankful that catalyst exists yeah that. And, and i've seen a couple uh, of things with that somebody posted up a screenshot um kind of like putting it down because they got the, the twitter app full screen um and when it's full screen it, the text and everything was kind of just sort of centered in the middle so it was there was all this dead space to the left and the right of of your feed oh yeah i'm doing that now uh yeah okay i mean that's perhaps not the best but then really if it was edge to edge like a web page would that make sense for tweets because they're so no, short yeah yeah it's kind of like a newspaper column isn't it yeah so i mean i get it it's perhaps not the best use of space and there's probably other things that they could do you know if you've got lists on the go or or, or different tabbed content you could make more use of that space ah uh, but really on on day one does that really matter? It, it doesn't. I mean, I, when I've used, I use Twitter embedded in a um, in a web instance, actually, but not Chrome based. I've got an app called Fluid, um, which oh, gives yeah. me a, a Safari instance that um, is then delivering me a web app as if it was an app app. Um, and um, so I have Twitter wrapped up as that, and that's how I've been using that on on my Mac, sort of since they withdrew their their app. Uh, and when I run that, I run that as a small window sort of to the side that kind of sits over the top of other of things or, or I, you know, I cover it here and there when I'm going to another window or whatever, but, but I never try and run it like full width. And it would sort of seem alien to me to perhaps want to do that with the, um, with the proper app now. You know, I kind of see it more as something that's going to sort of live on to, to one side of my screen um, as just a little window onto Twitter that stops me from needing to sort of boot my phone up and 
and use that instead you know it just sort of sits to the side as its own small little thing so yeah yeah i, I don't really care uh, <laughs> and i think what you said about you know maybe there's a better solution to having the little centered column of tweets you know because there's a lot of real estate going to waste there hmm. well that's been that way on the ipad obviously for some time yes so presumably if twitter were ever to reconsider a better solution then both the mac and the ipad would get it right yeah i think that would be the hope so i think that yeah. that kind of you know like pulling it onto a much bigger screen on the mac is probably going to expose some of the limitations of, of those trade-offs and if companies like twitter then respond to those trade-offs yeah hopefully we get them back on on the ipad as well so it all kind of comes full circle the ipad then starts to benefit yeah yeah so, so this this is that kind of like thing is exactly what i'm kind of hoping for really with all of this is that it's not just about getting what was on the iPad onto the Mac. I mean, sure, great, I'll take it. I'll take a Twitter client where there was none. That's great, thanks very much. But then when, like you say, the the Mac begins to sort of show the cracks in some of the design decisions they made when it was purely on iOS, um, and maybe it could have gotten by on iOS like that, but really there probably was room for a better solution. The Mac then highlights that in a bigger way than the fix is put in place to kind of fix the Mac, but in turn it also improves the iPad. Yeah, um, what a cool little kind of feedback loop that is. That's awesome, and and yeah, it'll take some time. This this stuff, like you say, this is like what well, the OS hasn't even been out a week yet. No, and this whole technology is in its first iteration, really out to the public, and developers are still finding their feet. And the system itself isn't perfect. The developers will be navigating their way through this, trying to work out what is the best way. So, yeah, the next year probably there will be some ups and downs. Um, but I think overall, like the, like you say, the net benefit is going to be huge, I think. Yeah. And like, like for me, I'm, I'm just thinking like with apps, um, anything I build now, I'm thinking, well, there can be a Mac version. How great is that for the Mac? You know, beforehand, I, I would always think like iPhone and maybe iPad. Um, now I'm thinking definitely iPhone and iPad. And hey, cool, I can do Mac as well. And yeah. it's a little bit more work, sure, but it's not that much more work relative right. to what it would have been to have like started in scratch with AppKit. So, yeah, a lot of cool stuff going on here. You can start by just sort of checking that box, right, and and kind of seeing what what falls out or not, and, and hopefully you know, all the frameworks <laughs> are there on the other side, so you can just cross-compile and then have a look. And given that that is sort of your bar of entry, you know, a checker box and provided everything is is that i've got every library i need on the other side then we can just run and see what it looks like that's yeah. that's a pretty low bar to sort of just getting started and having a look at i know like perfecting it and making it look brilliant on on the mac side is then another level of effort i know that um but you, yeah you're not completely rewriting how it sort of interacts with the screen itself um just to see it you know so yeah. it's I don't know. It excites me as a developer rather than puts me off. Um, and I'm not wedded to AppKit. I've never been an AppKit developer, so I'm, I'm kind of biased. You know, my my yeah, my body, all of my um, programming knowledge for iOS is all around UIKit, and so being able to sort of use that on this side, use Swift UI as I kind of progress into learning that, um, that to me feels awesome. 
you know I'm, I'm yeah. quite excited I, th- I think the um, the whole thing of like what is a Mac app um, I'm kind of open for that to be a question again because <clears throat> it seems like like you say all the old app kit stuff that set the bar for what Mac apps should be yeah and yeah you know, like this Twitter app doesn't look an awful lot like a lot of traditional Mac apps but I'm kind of up for that to be a discussion and we can maybe find out what Mac apps could be in the future. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there's one way of looking at it. I suppose we could be like, well, it's just iOS on the Mac. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily bad. I think there's a whole host of experience and knowledge with iOS design that could come over to the Mac and could work on the Mac. And yeah, I think I'm just ready for some, just like a little bit of change on the Mac. Yep. Um, if this sort of brings some cool new designs over that we, you know, wouldn't have otherwise had, that's that's cool. Um, I guess I'm just a little bit, I don't know what, what the right word is, maybe a bit jaded just by kind of the reaction to Catalina, mostly because I could kind of predict all of it. Yep. Uh, just like... <laughs> Before it even happened, it's like, oh, this is going to happen, isn't it? All the people are going to be like, oh, boo, Catalyst. Well, not yeah. all the people, but some people will be you know, doing the whole Catalyst is rubbish and pointing out all the flaws, which in itself is kind of helpful because obviously we need to make sure that people, uh, you know, us and Apple are aware of the flaws because otherwise how will it ever get fixed? I, d- I don't know. I'm just feeling a little bit kind of bored and a bit fed up of like the, the Apple media news cycle sometimes. To be to, when it's so critical, it's it just feels really kind of unhelpful. It's like, well, okay, what what do you want then, really? Yeah. At this point, yeah, it's kind of like when the Mac Pro was like, why isn't there a Mac Pro? Boo, there's no Mac Pro. Then Apple are like, we're making a Mac Pro. Everyone's like, yay, making a Mac Pro. And then they release said Mac Pro, and everyone's like, well, I keep saying everyone, but some people are then like, oh well, I, I don't need the Mac Pro. It's like you were the very person saying you wanted a new Mac Pro, and now you're saying, no, oh, I don't need a Mac Pro because I've I've got all these other computers like the iMac Pro or the iMac, but. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just feels unhelpful, and yeah, so so utterly predictable. Yeah, yeah, very very predictable, and just to kind of sort of put another lens on this, right? We are indie developers in terms of like you know a lot a lot of what we do with our machines, certainly at home. Um, and this is this is new. And whenever you've got something that is new, there is an opportunity in there. And especially as indies, there's an opportunity in there to do something that, you know, a bigger company is just not quick enough to go and do or has just not really looked at or or thought was sort of valuable. You know, so there's opportunity here. And I think as indie devs, we should kind of look at this in, in a sort of like, okay, this is new. This is greenfield in some ways. You know, there's an opportunity here to do things that are, are different, to stand out, um, and to kind of then hopefully, you know, make some sales off the back of that. So I think there's an opportunity for whatever app kind of comes into this space that does something really well or really unique. You know, so it might not feel like a a, a regular Mac app. But maybe it feels like an absolutely brilliant Catalyst app for whatever reason. Maybe there's a take on this where, you know, the the UI or the design or something about it just fits this new idea um, in a really, really beautiful way. 
and then you know that then maybe behaves as a really brilliant iPad app as well and and then this hypothetical you know indie circumstance uh, sort of shows off the best of what this this technology can do so I think as indies we should sort of remain kind of optimistic really because whenever there's yeah, something absolutely. new there's, there's that sort of opportunity there uh, so that's certainly my take on it anyway I'm sort of looking at this and sort of thinking well you know, does this open doors for me what can I do with this you know as I start to to bring my video mixing app um, to the iPad properly again and kind of refocus on that um, when I do that I'll be looking at that through the lens of um, of how it behaves on macOS as well you know and I'm, I might not get it right but I'll give it a good go Starting to feel a bit angry there at the end, actually. <laughs> oh, against the uh, the broader community. Yeah, it's just like you know, community complains that the Mac is being abandoned and there's no good software on there, and developers are pulling their apps because it's not worth it. Yeah, Apple gives you solution, and then broader community complains about solution. <laughs> so I'm I'm starting to feel a little bit jaded in a sense of. Um, if you think about how some of the broader community makes their money, it sort of feels like if you're happy with everything, there's no con- controversy, and so maybe you're not getting the clicks or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. It's all about bloody clicks, isn't it? Every last yeah. bit of it. Yeah, and to that degree, that, that kind of just feels like it's... Um, Don't install Catalina until you've read this. <laughs> all that kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, even just some of the the kind of scene in jokes, you know, I am such and such dude that will always shake the stick against, you know, iOS stuff coming over to, to the Mac or whatever it is, you know, it's like this sort of really staunch ingrained kind of views. And for what? To sort of just play a personality on the internet. Um, okay, fine. Uh, I guess it's the bit of me I kind of, you know, I landed on it a minute ago. It's the bit of me that is a developer that's trying to make make fun stuff i just don't have time for that you know that's okay you're gonna gonna kind of play up to that sort of nonsense you're not making your apps um this is kind of how i feel anyway i think this maybe like this is like a certain number of times that i've been through this now whereas like this time i just almost just predicted it and it just played out in front of me exactly how I expected it. Yeah. And I think that's what annoyed me. It's kind of like, oh, is it sort of come to this? There's another side to this, right? If you or I have kind of reached this stage where we're sort of going, oh no, do you know what? I'm out. I'm not not playing with this sort of um, yeah, playground kind of atmosphere or whatever it is. If you're in Apple and you're a manager and you're a developer, you know, and you're working there... Th- they have to put up with this every single time. And I imagine after a point, they kind of just sort of go, whatever, we're just going to do what we're going to do. Because it doesn't matter, right? We're going to... Well, they have to, surely, to stay sane. Yeah, it's the only way. And, and the problem with that is then they become insulated from even considering what the community is saying. So sometimes you could explain some of the missteps they've had kind of through that as well. You know, like the the trash can Mac Pro. uh and the whole sort of thing that played out with um, with how they then tried to sort of court and re-engage some community um, 
spirit and involvement when they they started redesigning the Mac Pro. Uh, it kind of feels like maybe they sort of learned a little bit of what had gone on there. But yeah, you can imagine that maybe they made that decision because they're sort of thinking, well, they're all going to hate it in one way or another. Let's just see what we want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and then it became a, a, a non-upgradable, really badly rack-mountable thing. And it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you want to get a trash can map pro, just just carry on that way. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm taking an argument to the extreme there. Uh, but yeah, no, you, there, there is a point there, though, isn't there? Just it must be really hard being internal at Apple and working on this stuff for so long with a genuine hope and genuine belief that this is going to be an awesome technology that can bring so much to your, you know, the platform. Yeah. And then it's just kind of, that is then reduced into who can make the snarkiest comment about it on Twitter to get the most likes and retweets and possibly click through to an article you've written about it. Yeah. And it's just like, ugh. And, you know, there are things about it that I think can be improved. Um, but I just don't think we're really seeing the most constructive ways of putting those opinions forward. Like a really well-considered article um, that proposes solutions and you know takes that approach as opposed to let's kind of set a trash can on fire kind of thing and yeah make a big big you know make a load of smoke and try and attract clicks and attention. Um, I'm uh, uh, on a, on a broader sense. I'm just I am tired of all of this end of stuff actually like across the board with with a lot of things and not just in sort of you know our mac and apple ecosystem if you like i sort of see this as being kind of a a broader trend um just just across quite a lot of stuff uh i don't know Uh, yeah i don't know quite how to put my finger on it but i'll tell you one thing that um that i did this weekend as um, yesterday, so on our Sunday, um, me and my wife, we, we had a, a social media free day uh, just as a, as a kind of thing to just sort of try. So it was, it was essentially no social media and um, with a, a goal of essentially almost zero screen time in terms of our, our iPhones and iPads and things. Um, we we allowed ourselves to sort of get out of, of watching uh, uh, um, films if we wanted to and stuff that sort of brings us together as a family. Um, so it wasn't a complete literal screen ban. Uh, but the kids were kind of barred from from playing games and stuff as well that they might normally do. Um, for they, they had like a very limited go on the PlayStation just before tea. Uh, and it was interesting. Um we we use this to spend time uh, very specifically as a family. You know, we went out during the day, spent time in Wellington and, and just sort of explored the botanic gardens. And we kind of felt a little bit like we did when we were, were here initially as as tourists. Um, for whatever reason, you know, it sort of put us straight back into sort of seeing, seeing things um, in quite a clear kind of way. Uh I mean that's that's kind of by the by that's that's because we were choosing to spend time as a family together, you know, with without interruption. 
the other side of it was just not listening to all of that echo chamber and the latest trends or the latest news topics and all of that and just disconnecting from that for a day and it was brilliant <laughs> so you know i kind of feel like i want to do this specifically at least a day a week and that i kind of now really? want to kind of yeah and i kind of feel like i'm going to deliberately sort of box off uh, my social media interaction and stuff as well so th- that's been a sort of kind of unexpected but it's come from me feeling just feeling this kind of like niggle against this this negative sort of push and trend about almost everything you know so if i'm not kind of in, enjoying the time that i spend online in that way or, or that i feel like it's kind of you know getting to me in a negative way i've got to kind of take myself out of it um i'm not sure where this is going kind of longer term but i, I sort of feel like i've had a little bit of a window into a, a problem that's been bothering me for a while it feels like there's uh, something there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I can see myself perhaps like having some new ground rules, you know, so maybe I just don't touch any social media or Slack or anything until I've been up for a little while. You know, so it breaks the habit of sort of kind of checking my notifications when I first get up, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, keep an eye on that because that'll be interesting to discuss like in a few weeks maybe or, or when, if you're willing to discuss it on the show that's yeah. um could be an interesting yeah. little topic there definitely um, um kind of curious to see how you get on <laughs> yeah sort of asking for a friend <laughs> yeah no worries uh, it's one of those things as well is that i think like pretty much everybody these days if they own a smartphone has probably got really kind of ingrained habits with some of these things as well um, so it, like you say asking for a friend it sort of feels like it's kind of yeah there's, there's a thing about how everybody's behaving online at the moment that we're, we're not really thinking about we're just sort of doing um, yeah. yeah yeah I had that sort of moment at, um, the soft play the other day I heard one of the other parents um, one of the other mums sort of exclaim quite loudly um, because a phone went down to like 10% battery or something. And it was kind of like the undertone is like, well, what else am I supposed to do while I'm here? Like, <laughs> Play with your kid, maybe? <laughs> yeah. You could you could tell what the plan was because the kids are in the soft play and, you know, she'd lined up a nice latte and a thing of cake and her <laughs> smartphone was ready to scroll infinitely through Facebook for the next hour. And yeah. that plan was just shattered by a 10% battery warning. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I did find it quite amusing. <laughs> Uh, it's a bit fraud there <laughs> just like uh, indicative of like a larger societal problem maybe i don't know but yeah I'm it's, definitely it's, seeing fragments of that in myself as well yeah so I, I'm, I'm certainly revisiting where i'm at with with how i use all this stuff and i've got to find the balance because i love it and there's some positives to all of it as well uh, but i think i'm kind of renegotiating what that balance is Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, Also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFRpodcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads, that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com, again that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore DaveNot.com.